the reason I'm going to be presenting what I'm presenting this week is because I already had it ready. All right. So, and honestly, this is something that Dr. Cliff Sanders and I, uh, who teaches a real life class in here uh, next, this is a program that we uh, develop together and teach twice a year. And some of you have been in our class. And we're just going to kind of go over the quick concepts because, quite frankly, what I'm fixing to show you, we, we take about six weeks to teach. So either I got to talk really fast or I got to skip some stuff, all right? So uh, we're going to kind of go over some things. And I'm going I'm to kind of tie it into some scripture that we can use for our life this week and kind of share a few things with you today. So that's kind of what's going on. I've got to go teach this same class that uh, I helped Cliff in 915. And then at 1045, I'm going to go teach the same class and, uh, for, for the empty class. So it was ready, and so this is what you got. It's either that or Bible, Bible words with hangman. Which one you want to do? Okay, hangman. Okay, I got it. All right, I don't probably. All right, so we'll do that. Guys against, remember that? Guys against the girls, hangman in Bible class growing up? I remember that. I remember that day. All right, so let me ask you a question. What is this book? All right. What else? Truth? Life manual. Very good. How do you know? How do you know this in the cookbook? <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's the Bible. That's why I turned it around, right? How do you know? Right? This is kind of the point of what this class is. Because until you do this, right, this, can't, this doesn't really do a lot of good for us, does it? So here, here's what, why Cliff and I kind of came up with the concept of the Bible study lab. And um, it, it's a lot of fun to, to teach this class because I don't know about you, but here, here, this used to be my way I used to do Bible study, okay? I called it the old point and flip method. I go, anybody, anybody ever done this? I see a lot of heads shaking. Yes, okay. I have provided a place uh, there for the ark, which is con the covenant of the Lord that he made with our ancestors when he broke them out of Egypt. Okay. Okay, I'm going to go to Egypt and do something with an, with an ark, okay? I'm going I'm to apply that right now. And th that's the challenge, right? So you don't have to answer this question. It's more rhetorical because we ask this in, in the classes that we teach. How many of you, and again, don't necessarily have to raise your hand, how many of you believe that studying the Bible is important? Good, right? <laughs> if your person next to you raises your hand, you know you gotta raise your hand on that, or you look just totally weird, right? Love those kind of questions, right? Get all kind of activity, all right? So, um, so now, how many of you uh, grew up in a church that told you that studying the Bible was important? Man, I did. I did uh, all the time. Now, here's the bigger question. How many of you have ever been shown how to study the Bible? Yeah, there's a few, right? Some of you have been in our class, but usually the number is like 5 to 10%, okay? And I'm not picking on our churches or anything, but what the point is we know what's important, and we, uh, uh, we're told by our churches that it's important, but yet it's kind of hard to do sometimes, isn't it? What are some of the challenges we face when we study the Bible? So I'm just throw them out there. What, kind, what are your challenges? Pronunciation, come on. Sometimes I read the scripture in the, uh, in the, in the chapel service and host in there occasionally, and, uh, and they'll, they'll throw one of those scriptures out there, and you know, it's always the one I get that has all the words that nobody has ever pronounced ever, right? And I got to try that. Yes, that's hard. What, is it, what does that mean, right? Anybody else? Lack of concentration. Anyway, so we're going over here. To, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, yes, lack of concentration. You know, you're sitting there reading that, and you're like, did I leave the coffee pot on? And it says, there's a fly. <laughs> Better forget I'm studying the Bible. You ever done that in prayer? Me praying to God and then all of a sudden you're making soup? <laughs> oh, I was praying. Let me turn this burner off here, right? What else? Memorizing. Yeah, it's hard to memorize. There's a lot of it, right? What was that? 
Interpretation. Boy, are we going to talk about that today. All right. These are some of the challenges that I see us facing, and I, I face them too. Um, I, I love this book. To me, this book, you know, so I've heard a lot of people say, um, um, some people think, I don't want to say that way, and I'm not assigning that to anyone in here. I've just heard people kind of say, this is a list of things I got to do to go to heaven, right? Or a list of things I got to do to make God like me. Well, let me tell you, this, this is a book about a love story, okay? And the more you open it up, I, I tell you what, I, I'm, I'm amazed. And, and let me tell you something too. Dr. Sanders, Dr. Sanders, and not Dr. Chris, okay? We teach this class together, and it's really interesting because he's a scholar. He's a biblical scholar, unmistakable. We all know who he is, right? He's a really smart dude. I'm just a guy that opens the book, right? But with the program that I'm about to show you quickly today, anybody can take any passage in any portion of the Bible, including Matthew chapter 1. What's in Matthew chapter 1? Right, somebody begat, somebody begat, somebody begat, somebody begat. Sounds like a record, right? And so, you, actually, that's a really interesting passage to study, if you understand. So why did you got on your page, uh, tables right there, let me grab one myself. You got the pages with numbers on them, right? Okay, here's what I want you to do. Grab a pen, and on one side you got lines in the middle, and the other side is just a blank page, okay? So I'm going to give you 15 seconds. And you're going to circle in order the numbers. One, don't you start yet. Okay, I know you guys are like, got overachievers in here, okay? So you're going to circle the numbers in order, okay, when I tell you to start. Get ready, go. On, on the side without the lines, just a blank page, okay? Circle them and go. About 10 seconds. You feel the pressure? About five seconds. Four, three, two, you're feeling the pressure. One, stop, put your pins down. Okay, what'd you get? Who got 10? All right, who got 11? Wow, who got 12? Nobody got to 12. Okay, flip it over. And on the back side, this time, watch here. Look up here, you'll see the, the, the numbers are going to be in quadrants. Number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, number seven. Don't you start. Eight, number nine. Let's see how it works. All right, go. 15 seconds. Ten seconds. Feel the pressure. Five seconds. Three, two, one. Stop. Okay. Throw out some numbers. Who got 15? 14. Who got 20? Who got 25? All right. So, did you have an increase in numbers? Did you have a big increase in numbers? What was the difference? Easier to find, right? We had a plan, didn't we? We had a plan, and we found, we found more information, right? Can, can you, you know where I'm going with this, right? So I can, I can get up in the morning, and I can point and flip and read something from Daniel about, you know, some goat or something that I don't even understand, right? Or, or I can have a plan, and I can open the same passage and go into it and, and study. Because here's what I've noticed about Bible study. Um, it, it's a paradigm shift. Because what, what, what I grew up mostly doing was I'd take the Bible, I would read it, and then I would tell you what I think it meant, okay? Now, let me ask you a question. Is the Bible written to you? Sure. Is the Bible written to you? When was the Bible? Let's just take the, the New Testament Gospels, written in the first century roughly, okay? How long ago was that? 
2,000 years ago. Anybody around there then? Anybody feel like they were around there then? Okay, yeah. <laughs> I do a little bit this morning, a little sore. All right, okay. 2,000 years ago. Who was it written to? Let's just, the, the Gospel of Matthew or any of the letters. Paul wrote. Let's use Ephesians. Who was that written to? At Ephesus, right? So, anybody here from Ephesus? Okay. Right. Oh, you are. Well, welcome, sir. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. what was that? I said I've been there. Been there. Okay, yeah. So, uh, Ephesus. All right. So, this is, we're talking about a book that was written 2,000 years ago to uh, a, uh, a place we've never, we've maybe been to, but we certainly don't know anything about in a society. Do we know anybody lived in the society there like that? No, it's different. So, it's not written to us. It's certainly applicable for us. Yeah. But so how, if I, knowing that, how can I take the Bible, open it up, read it, say what I think it means and move on? Because the goal of what, what Cliff and I do with the Bible study is to take us to the point where we understand what this passage meant to the original reader. The author wrote and had, an, had an, a, a thought in their mind. There was a truth in there. What did that mean to the original reader? And if we capture that, We've captured what, what we want to try to find in the Bible. And it's such a cool process. But sometimes it seems like that's really hard, okay? And I don't know why I didn't give myself any paper. Uh, I'll grab some over here. This is why we came up with this little process right here. Now, this is just one of many. I'm sure you guys have seen programs before, but this one works really well. And I'll tell you the, where the twist is for, for Cliff and I as we get into this, right? So I'm just going to kind of mention these for just a second. Then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you a couple of, of how these tools work, how well they work. And then we'll kind of close it out today. We've got about, whew, got about 15 minutes. We're going to do this really, really, really fast. Okay. So um, the, uh, the first step that we look at in this is, is you always want to start with prayer. And that sounds trite to say, well, let's pray. Okay. It, it really is important. Okay. This is a relationship, right? This book is about a relationship. And what we're doing when we pray, when we start in Bible study, is that we're taking the time to invite God and say, hey, I, I love this. I love journaling my prayer in study and coming back to it later maybe years later, you ever done that? And seeing how God has worked in your life. So praying, stop him, have him, ask him to invite the Holy Spirit in to teach you his ways. It's really important. Don't, don't do it without it, okay? If you can, because I know we get all hurried and, you know, we got 15 minutes to do this. The paradigm shift, I forgot to go back to that. The paradigm shift of Bible study is to slow down. Just take what you can do in that day. This is a process. It can happen over a week. It can happen over two weeks. I can tell you, when I started using this program that Cliff and I started putting together, I use it all the time when I teach. And the cool thing about it to me is that I've been in Ephesians chapter 6 now for almost four years, and I'm still learning stuff in it. If you've ever been in Cliff Sanders' class, he, he, he taught the book of John for like 35 years in this classroom, okay? <laughs> all right. Why did he do that? Because he studied it and he kept finding stuff. You think he would have kept studying? It was like a year and a half. I'm kidding, right? Uh, so um, you think he would have kept teaching that if he didn't keep getting more stuff out of it? So if he can teach on the, that book for a year and a half, I got plenty of time that I can spend in my passages too, right? Anytime I start to think I, I know a little something, something about the Bible, I'll go talk to Cliff, right? Suddenly I know what it's like to be my dog. Because we say to our dog, hey, go outside. And he wags his tail, right? <laughs> go bye-bye in the car, get a puppy tree. And he wags his tail. And, and Cliff says, Jesus and Paul, and I know those words, and I wag my tail, right? The rest of it's like, whoosh, right over the top of my head, right? So maybe you understand that, all right? So we teach that together. So uh, don't forget to pray. Then you want to write down your initial thought. This is important, okay? Write down your initial thought about what you think that passage is about is when, the first, when you read it. And do you read it one time? Cliff talked about, and Cliff talked about a, uh, a uh, scholar he knows, and I apologize, I've forgotten his name. 
read the entire book before he would comment on a, on a passage, read the entire book 50 times. 50 before he would comment on it. Now, that's kind of hard, okay? Go home this week and read Jeremiah 50 times, okay? <laughs> and get back to me on it, right? But I bet it'll change your perspective. <laughs> so, uh, but the, the thing about it is, see what I'm saying about the difference between some, the ends of, of the spectrum, as it were, of reading it 50 times versus reading it one time and saying what I think it means? You think this man is going to have a capacity to comment on this a little bit deeper? And that, that's it. That's the paradigm shift right there is to slow down. So write down your initial thought because you're going to get to a point where you think it's, um, you're going to come back to that and you're going to be amazed about what you see. Now, here's the next part, observation. You see that on your screen? Or on, on your screen. Imagine that's a screen. All right, it's actually a piece of paper. But um, uh, observation, this is the cool part. You're just going to read this and you're going to look for things that you don't know about, Okay. Here's where the twist is that I think is so cool that Dr. Sanders and I have put together here. There's two questions in observation. When any observation that you look at is going to fall into one of two categories. You see them on the page? What are they? Grammatical and historical. That is really, really, really cool. Okay? Because if you know what type, what, what you're looking at, like in Matthew, the word begat, in Matthew chapter 1, if I want to, I can look that up. That's a grammatical, a definition. I can find parts of speech. What are the things on here? We've got uh, definitions and word study, parts of speech, syntax, mood, tense, genre. Those are all easy, easy things. I'm going to show you how to find those really quickly. Okay? And then if it's historical, it takes a little bit more time and effort. That's why we slow down in our Bible study. It's not a race. Okay? You ever wonder sometimes the reading the Bible in a year is a good thing, but it also could be a bad thing. It kind of causes us to go fast through things. Whereas if we'll just slow down just a little bit in this and let the word actually minister to it, I think, I think we'll really appreciate that. The historical things take a little bit longer, but I can show you where to get those too. All right, so what I want to do real quick, uh, no, I'm, I'm going to finish up and then I'm going to come back to this. All right, so the next thing we're going to do is observe. You're just going to find four or five things in your observation. Here's the really cool part. You can't do this wrong. You can find 20 things if you want to. It'll drive you a little crazy. And just try to figure out the, the, the grammatical and the historical ramifications of those. There, there's just so much information that can be gleaned in. You want to watch the, the words just leap off the page at you? Do that, okay? Take those words and, and, and find it. And I'll show you what I mean by that in just a second, okay? Um, second thing is, um, next thing is interpretation. Now, I'm not going to dive into this because this is the hard part of Bible study, okay? So I'm going to skip the hard part. Isn't that cool? All right. So uh, but you can read those definitions. What you're going to do is you're going to take your four or five observations, the ones that you think are the most important to understanding that passage, and you're just going to apply these questions in definitional, rational, and the implicational aspects of those. Read the, it's, it's as simple as reading this and applying it to whatever um, uh, observation you found. And I'm going to give you an example in just a second, okay? Um, and then what you do, now we're going to go back and we're going to state the truth. So I've read the text multiple times. I've kind of looked at the things I'm, I'm looking for. In Matthew chapter 1, I might want to know what the word begat means. What part of speech is that? All right, it's a verb, okay? What does it actually mean? And, and if you look at the names throughout that whole thing, and there, there's, some, there's some historical, very interesting historical names in there, right? Um, and the... So I won't go too far in there. But now after I've done my interpretation, I've asked these questions, now I'm ready to say what it means, right? What is the truth of this passage? As opposed to reading it one time and saying what I think it means, let's slow down and let's read it a bunch. Let's observe some things in it. Let's apply some good questions about what we've observed. And then now we're ready to state the truth. 
Hear how that paradigm kind of comes in? The shift to slow down in Bible study? And this does not happen in one day. It can. Sometimes it goes very quickly, okay? Sometimes it doesn't. And then the final thing, applying the truth. This is probably the most overlooked part of Bible study. What good does it do us to study the Bible and not put some plan of action into it, okay? It's like I get all this great data in my head, and what do I do with it? I leave it in my head. It's like a head cold, right? <laughs> right? We've got to move it down into the action parts of our body. And you ask questions like, what if the next time you read your truth that you have, and then you move into understanding, what am I going to do with this information? And I promise you, if you spend the time in observation and interpretation, and then you state the truth, the application is going to come out for you because you've done the work. I kind of think it's the way God kind of blesses it because we have slowed down a little bit. This is how the word ministers to us, okay? And if you can't do one stage, like if I get to interpretation, I just can't answer those questions, what do I do? Step back, right? It's self-correcting, right? Remember in math when you did check the formula? Never did get that, right? So uh, my worst two subjects in school were math and science, and I'm in the medical business and owned a mortgage company. Figure that one out. So... uh, that's free information. You don't have to pay for that. All right, so you just step back and, and check your formula, okay? So you go back and do this uh, very easily by just, you know, if I can't answer the interpretive questions, I need to go back to observations. If I'm not finding any observations, what do I need to do? Go back and read it some more, okay? Read it until something pops off the page. There is not a verse that I've read that if I read it enough, remember that guy read the entire book 50 times before he commented on it, and that's kind of, not that we're going to get to that point maybe, but that's Keep that in your head. You read it enough, and I promise you, you're going to observe something. It might be the word the. Go with it, because it might lead you somewhere you need to go. It might be a comma. It might be anything. Let me show you what I mean, okay? Um, I want to play a little video for you. Watch this real quick, okay? Um, so, why am I doing this? Uh, I know why. I've been having trouble with this little silly thing. There we go. Wait. I want, this, is a, this little video I'm going to show you is about the power of observation. I want you to follow the instructions on the screen, and I'll show you why observation is so cool. Here we go. Ready? This is a test of selective attention. Count how many times the players wearing white pass the basketball. Pay attention. Okay, how, how many, many pass- passes did you count? Okay, watch here. The correct now watch, keep watching. Fifteen passes. Did you, see, did the you see the gorilla? Watch. There's a gorilla right there. Watch, here he comes. Okay, be truthful. How many did see the gorilla? Because usually some see it, okay? Who didn't see the gorilla? Who didn't see it when I played it back? All right, so that is a great example to me about why we slow down when we read, okay? So let's do that just a little bit. I'm going to pull up this passage in in Matthew, I hope. I'm going to have to pull it up here. I had this up and then my computer crashed on me here. 
You don't need my email or my fantasy football scores, which are really important, by the way. So, all right, here we go. So in my Bible, said this is, I'm going to show you this real quick. Uh, let's go to here to BibleHub.com. Write that down on your page. If you're not using this, this is a fabulous tool, okay? Especially for the grammatical side of observation, okay? If you want to see the parts of speech, the definition of the meaning, uh, what else I got here? Syntax, mood, uh, tense, and genre. This thing I'll show you. Let me show you what I mean by that, okay? I'm in a, you go over here and see how you pick your Bible verse up here. Can you see me circling that? Here's Ephesians. I'm going to go to Matthew, okay? Where's Matthew? There it is. Matthew. And I'm going to uh, chapter 13, okay? And Yes, it's BibleHub.com. This is not working here. Hold on a second. Let me get it caught up. Why is this not working? Connected. Come on. Oh, don't do this to me. Are you kidding me? This is really cool. Wish you could see it. Yeah. <laughs> Disconnect and try again. All right, now we're going to connect. Come on. I think the Internet's letting us down here. Wait, maybe not. Let's see if we get there. Come on, come on. Oh, I hate it when it does this. Let's see if maybe it's, maybe it's just their website. Let's just see. I, there's another one called blueletterbible.com. Anybody using blueletterbible.com on their, on their phones right now? That is a great website. I use it all the time, every day. It's free, okay? Oh, good, it's up. So it was their website. Okay, here we go. So I'm gonna go, I hope. Let's go over here to Matthew. Oh, wait, let me do this real quick. Matthew chapter 13. Okay, I'm in the King James Version here. I'm going to switch over to the NASB here, and I'll show you why. Why are you not going to the NASB? Well, we're going to try here. I may have to leave it. Oh, wait, there's what I got to do. Sorry. I don't usually do it this way. Here we go. Matthew 13. Now let's go down to verse 44 and 45. I don't want to show you something. All right. See these tools? You can do this on the blue letter on the BibleHub.com. If you just hover over the word, it'll do this, the same thing for you. But if I hit these tools and I come in here to the interlinear and I come in here to see the kingdom, press this word, look, look what comes up. There is the, the word in the original language. There is the part of speech here is the definition of the word in the original language and everything you want to know about that word and how that word is used in other places in the Bible. See how, see how easy this is? So all of the things that are... Don't even start with me, okay? <laughs> all right. It really, if you go to it and do it and you don't have the internet problems I have, do you see how easy it is, Okay. Go to the website, blueletterbible.com, biblehub.com. Put them on there. On Bible Hub, you touch the word and all the same information comes up. It's that easy. And if you come, uh, come after class for a second, I'll have a few minutes. I'll, I'll help you put it on your phones and stuff like that. It's a great tool. But watch. Now, let's, let's just, I've got four or five minutes. I'm going to do it just one time. Oh, I wish I had more time this morning with you. Now this, like, this is a six-week program. Maybe sometime we can come back in here and do the whole thing for you. 
Let's look at this, this verse right here. Let me, let me expand it out where you can see the whole thing. Whoa, that's too big. See how easy that is? Yeah. <laughs> here we go. We're going to read this, and I'm going to read it for you because we're going to go, um, go a little bit smaller. Oh, not quite. Come on. There we go. I'm just trying to get it on the screen. There we go. 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again. And from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and he buys that field. Second parable, right after that. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. Upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and he bought it. Okay, those are the two we're going to look at, okay? Who, who's, who's saying this? Jesus. Jesus teaching two short little parables, right? And the, the kingdom of heaven, listen one more time, all right? See if something doesn't pop out of your head and kind of, hmm, what is that? The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid again. And from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and he buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and he bought it. Okay? Just quickly. Somebody shout, any word that just comes out to you on that. Treasure. It's a good word to look up. Think If you touch that word or go to the tools there and go to the interlinear, it's harder in the Blue Letter Bible, okay? But if you go into the BibleHub.com and do that, it comes up immediately and it'll tell you what those words are. Now, here's the part about observation. You just want to be intellectually curious. Start asking questions. Start looking for things you notice, okay? So in the first one right there, it says the kingdom of heaven is what? What is it in the first one? Kingdom of heaven is a treasure. What happened to the treasure? It's what is it first? It's hidden. Start looking at these verbs, okay? Um, and then what happens? It's, there's a man finds, okay? And then what does he do? What does a man do? He finds first, then what? What? Hit it again. What else? Uh, sells and buys. Okay, that's interesting. All right, this is the part of the relationship with God that we understand. It's real easy. The kingdom of heaven is like this beautiful, just magically beautiful treasure. And it's hidden. And we are the man and we go and seek that treasure and we sell all we can. We, we spend our lives finding it. Kind of like that movie National Treasure with uh, Nicolas Cage. Everybody ever seen that part, right? How his whole life is about that, the, the Templar's treasure or whatever it is, right? So the, the kingdom, we get this. I'm supposed to seek God like the treasure he is. Now, let's do the next one real quick and then we're done, okay? I got one minute, I can do it. In the next one, what's the kingdom of heaven in the second one? It's a merchant. What's the merchant doing? Seeking fine pearls, okay? And when he finds one, what, what does he do? Sells. What else? Buys. Look at these verbs again. And then what? Bought that field, right? Something like that? I'm going quickly here. So, just being curious about what I'm reading. All I'm doing is just reading here, okay? I'm being curious when I read. Who's... The kingdom of, who's the, who's the, the kingdom of heaven is what? No, in the, in the second one. Now it's a merchant. Who's the merchant? Huh? We are. And what's the, nope. Think again. 
God's a merchant. What's the merchant doing? Seeking. Who's the pearl? Isn't that cool? See, it's just a play of relationship is what we're seeing this. And all we did right here is we just slowed down and started asking questions about who's this? Who's that? What's that? What, what are they doing? Right? In the first one, we get this part of the relationship in our life, don't we? We seek God like the treasure he is. The kingdom of heaven like the treasure it is. But isn't it great to know this morning, no matter what you're facing today, is that the kingdom is like a merchant and that God sees each and every one of us as a pearl of great values, how it's listed in one of the other versions. I think that's so cool. You are the pearl of great value. Go into your week knowing that. How about that? Let's pray and I'll guide you out. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. And thank you that it's not something we can read like C-Spot Run. Thank you that there's just more to it than that, Lord. That we can engage it our entire life. And Father, I just pray for each person in this room, for all of us, Lord, that you would open this word to us in new and exciting ways. And above all, that you would teach us your ways. We pray in the powerful name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.